Blue Wire. With the first pick in the 2009 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select Matthew Stafford. Stafford, step it up. Going left side. Watch Calvin. And so got him. Oh, baby, that was a rocket. And it's picked off. Intercepted by Darius Slade. No one will catch him. Hello and welcome to episode 42 of the Michael Rothstein Show. I'm your host, Michael Rothstein, and this episode is brought to you by Bet Online, where if you use the code BLUEWIRE, you can get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So check it out. So yeah, when I said we wouldn't have a podcast today, I kind of fibbed. Of course, at the time, I didn't know that I would end up talking to Darius Slay and there would be a story to tell. But we do have a podcast and there's a good reason for that. After Darius Slay was traded to Philadelphia on Thursday, he started to open up about his last couple of years in Detroit and how difficult it was. About what eventually turned him away from the only organization he played for in the city he truly enjoyed playing in. If you haven't seen my story on ESPN.com that published last night, I highly advise you check it out. Slay and I spoke for a while Thursday afternoon, actually just after I recorded the last episode of this podcast, where he laid out two incidents for me early in Matt Patricia's tenure with the franchise that essentially set everything in motion for what followed in the future. And how that soured the Slay and Patricia relationship from the get-go, and likely had some effect on how others maybe viewed the head coach as well. And to be clear, just to state this straight away, this is largely from Slay's point of view. Lions coach Matt Patricia declined to speak to me yesterday other than a statement he released through the team to ESPN and the Detroit Free Press, where he said he had multiple conversations with Slay in private that he believed were constructive and satisfactory, but that his conversations with players are confidential and that he won't discuss anything. He talks about whether his players in a team meeting, which is one of the two incidents that we're going to get into. He then went on to thank Slay for his work and wished his family success in Philadelphia. And all of that was paraphrased there. So what happened? The first incident came before training camp even really got going in a one-on-one meeting between Slay and Patricia. Slay told me he had just come back from a high-level cornerbacks workout with Richard Sherman, Aqib Tlaib, and Xavier Rhodes. He met with his new head coach, who proceeded to tell him he was a good player, but not an elite player. This after an all-pro season and eight interceptions. This conversation took Slay by surprise and led him to question exactly what his coach thought about him as a player. It confused him because of what he had done in the past. He accepted it, though, and used it as motivation. As he told me, quote, Then I bounced back on two back-to-back Pro Bowlers on him. Let him know how elite I was. So yes, that irked him, and it made Slay wonder exactly what his coach thought of him. But it didn't really do a ton of damage. The second incident did a little bit more. But the first started to raise Slay's antenna. The bigger damage was done later in training camp during a team meeting following a practice where a receiver Slay declined to name had caught a few passes on him. Slay then posted a picture of said receiver on social media between the end of practice and the start of the team meeting that night. Patricia then used the photo and a small highlight tape of the receiver beating Slay before addressing him. At that point in what 
my understanding was part of a point he was trying to make about social media in some respects. He told Slay to stop kissing up to another player. Only the language he used was much more derogatory than that, if you can figure out what I'm talking about. But this is largely a family podcast, so I'm not going to go there. Slay was taken aback. Glover Quinn, one of his closest friends, and at that point a team leader, was sitting next to him in the meeting and had to keep him calm. Quinn would later tell me on Thursday night he was trying to play Peacemaker and help Slay, quote, make a good decision, and he took the higher road, unquote. So Slay kept quiet. He stewed, but he kept quiet. And at that point, though, the damage was done. Quote, right there after that, Slay told me, that was when my respect went out the door for him as a man, unquote. So how did the last two seasons work? And how did this result in Thursday's trade to Philadelphia? We'll explain right after this break. With currently no NBA, NHL, or college basketball, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. BetOnline still has hundreds of places to wager, from their online casino to poker and blackjack, all open 24 hours a day and all online. Sports aren't totally done, and esports is on the rise. If you're into entertainment, you can still bet on American Idol, the elections, the spelling bee, and even the Nathan's Hot Talk Eating Contest. One of my favorite things of the year, I used to go when I lived close to New York every year. It's a spectacle. And you can make a decision whether you want to go with Joey Chestnut or Eric the Red Denmark or any of the other eaters out there. Be sure to use the promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your new ticket to online action. And now, back to our show. Welcome back. So, as we were explaining before, Slay had resolved at this point to bite his tongue. He loved the city, loved, and I mean loved, his teammates. He was telling me on Thursday how he would do anything for Matthew Stafford and how he really enjoyed being able to go out there and help Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones get better each day. He really liked pushing his other defensive backs in the room. He tried to make players better. And he enjoyed the fans too, as we covered on the podcast yesterday and has been well documented of how he goes out into the community. So much of Darius Slay's experience in Detroit had been a positive one for him that he decided on handling it like this, basically being quiet. He would respect Patricia as a coach. He would listen to him. Slay is someone who has no problem taking constructive coaching points, so if Patricia had those, he would listen to them. He would accept them and hope they made him better. As far as any sort of relationship beyond business, however, that wasn't happening. The rift was there, and it was palpable. I spoke to multiple other players to corroborate Slay's story, which they did. Other players that I spoke with, besides those players that didn't recall the specific incident, said they wouldn't have been surprised if it happened. One player who asked for anonymity told me it was the wildest thing he had seen in his NFL career. Another told me Patricia would often try to use humor in certain situations during meetings and that this could have been one of them, only to have it fall flat with a lot of the room. Slay, though, continued on and didn't let his coach know why he had lost respect for him. He put in back-to-back Pro Bowl seasons. And to both Patricia and Slay's credit, the relationship did start to improve in 2019. After the 2018 season, Patricia publicly said he was going to look at everything he could to make himself a better head coach and a better leader of the team. And by many accounts, both from what I've seen myself and 
heard from those I've spoken to, it's been a marked difference with Patricia in the franchise and the organization. He's definitely changed how he operates publicly and how he operates with the media. He was also much better with the team in 2019 than he was during his first season. Slay acknowledges that as well. But what happened out of the gate left Slay with a very rough first impression he wasn't sure he could ever truly overcome. Slay told me the two eventually spoke about Slay's grievances after the Quandre Diggs trade in the middle of last season. Patricia Slay said apologized, but also told Slay he didn't recall saying what he said. Patricia, as we mentioned before, would not comment other than the statement he provided to ESPN and the Detroit Free Press when those two outlets reported this story. It's not clear if more time could have mended this relationship to the point where it could have been salvaged, and likely it wouldn't have been the type of contract that Slay wanted anyway, and definitely not the type of contract that Slay ended up receiving from Philadelphia. So from a financial standpoint, this divorce was likely to happen. Slay said it maybe could have been better with a few more years, but even then he wasn't sure. That's how much what happened bothered him. But to Patricia's credit, and I think this is important for the Lions coach in the long haul, he's come off much differently since that rough first season. He's friendlier, more amenable, and just seems to be more comfortable in so much of what he's doing. So I believe Slay, when he said the relationship was getting better, getting closer to neutral, to use his words. The relationship between the two was probably even better when Slay left on Thursday than a year ago or 18 months ago. And if you've noticed, Patricia has made a point of bringing in players who understand him and his coaching style even more, even if they end up being a lot of former Patriots, which I think can only help the head coach. I think his overall relationship with players is in a better place in March 2020 than it was in March 2019 or certainly November 2018. I think Matt Patricia is a better coach who understands certain dynamics a lot more as well after our first year where there were big errors on the field and off of it. But if you were looking for clarity of why the relationship between Darius Slay and Matt Patricia never got off the ground and for some insight into where things started with this team, the now former Lions cornerback provided it Thursday. But I'll close with this, and it was the final quote in my story, and I think it explains why Darius Slay is opening up about these things now after he's getting what he says was a fresh new start in Philadelphia. When I had asked him whether those two incidents maybe contributed to this eventual trade, this is what Slay told me. I know for sure right there that definitely had a part to deal with a lot of stuff. You just don't disrespect somebody like that. Definitely not a grown man. Where I'm from, man, it don't really go like that. I kept it professional and chill, kept it quiet, just did my job. But I already knew that if I was ever to leave here, that's a story I need to tell because they going to understand why Slay had a big attitude. So if you were looking for some clarity for the reason that Darius Slay is off to Philadelphia, perhaps this provided some clarity. Thanks, as always, to my producer, David Woodley, and both Regents Field and Blue Wire for hosting this podcast. You can read all my work on ESPN.com and on Twitter and Instagram at Mike Rothstein. Go leave us a five-star review and subscribe. Please subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Be safe, be smart, and please stay inside. We'll chat with you again Monday.